Welcome into the DNVR Fantasy Podcast. I almost said draft in there. That's, uh, you know, I do a lot of stuff with DraftKings. I do the draft pod. I'm a bit draft obsessed. We talk draft stuff here in the Fantasy Podcast, but the draft part of this podcast is we're presented by DraftKings, the number one sports betting app, sportsbook in the world. Nothing more convenient, fun, and easy than their app. And no better week of the NFL to join on DraftKings right now. Uh, so check them out. All right, fellas, we've got a loaded week to preview and help our listeners get ready for, especially since we won't have two teams playing this week, a bit of an early buy for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers here and, of course, the Tennessee Titans that game being postponed, and I would say rightfully so. So now, without Titans players available, without Steelers players available, owners will be scrambling a bit, and uh, we've got you set with some buy-or-sell questions, some start-sits, some of our favorite waiver-wire guys, and then we've got a bunch of questions from you. I've got a trade proposal I just received today in a dynasty, so tons to talk about. Let's jump right in, guys. I, I, I've got I've got some some pallet warmers, some 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 little buy or sell questions to get us warmed up here, and we still got to come up with a Kenyon Drake bet and a Tyler Higby bet, guy. Uh, table that for the show. But who would be your favorite buy low candidates right now in the fantasy football season? Three weeks in. Kenyon Drake, Joe Mixon, and. Mark Andrews. Mark mm-hmm. Andrews is an interesting one. Okay, that I is, like yeah. that. If someone's concerned, I mean, obviously he had those three touchdowns in week two, but with mm-hmm. the way the tight ends have been, the more I've looked at it, the way tight ends have been, just all over the map. I mean, you're not going to get your hands on Travis Kelsey because someone went out of their way to draft him in, what, round two, possibly one. Um, he's the only consistent tight end right now. After that, I mean, dude, I'm in I'm in a league right now, and I saw Darren Waller got dropped by none no other than Silverbuff. Yeah, and he picked up Jimmy Graham for a hundred of his fab money, a hundred dollars. Holy what? cow! Yeah. So unless you're somehow able to get a hold of a freak accident like that, uh, tight ends themselves have been all over the map, and people are kind of you know they're freaking out, man. But Mark Andrews is like. He's getting the looks in the red zone. He dropped yeah, on Monday night. He dropped his chance. But, like, yeah, uh, I think that he's one you could buy a low on right now if people are really freaking out. I don't know that this necessarily qualifies as a buy low candidate, but I think this is the final week for you to kind of buy low on James Robinson. James Robinson <laughs> in PPRs is the fifth highest scoring running back in fantasy. He's averaging 20.6 points per game. He's in front of guys like Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, uh, Chris Carson, Derek Henry, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. And he's got a matchup against the Bengals, which is where running backs always feast. Now I think you're still like kind of getting James Robinson as like this fun little waiver wire pickup. Who's had a couple good weeks. I think by the time this next week is in the books, people will start realizing he's been 
a reliable top 10 producer at the running back position. And so I think uh, that's my low key buy low candidate, even though you're kind of buying high, but you can still buy lower than what his value actually is, is the, the way I'm framing that. Yeah. I, I think that that's a really good call. Um, I also think that we should throw out there Deshaun Watson. Um, tough start, but he played the Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers. Next up, Vikings, Jags, Titans. That feels like a much better stretch in my mind. Uh, if somebody's getting some cold feet, maybe you could jump in and buy him up. To go with that, David Johnson, too. The Texans, their upcoming schedule just looks really good, to be honest, man. Yep. If for some reason someone wanted to move on from David Johnson because he's not like, you know, I don't know if he's really like, you know, gone to the moon with any of his scores. Um, if someone was willing to let him go, if they're like, yeah, this is kind of like what his ceiling is maybe and I'm worried about him getting injured, blah, blah, blah. I'm not sure how he's working out with that team. They want someone just flash here. If you can get David Johnson from someone right now, that would be a dope because the upcoming schedule for the Texans is just, it's raunchy. Yep. Yeah. Maybe DJ Chark. DJ Chark's a good one. Comes back from his injury. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking Kenny Galladay, though. I mean, again, that's that's a week too late, though. You know, um, probably someone drafted Kenny Galladay and held on, and finally got rewarded last week. They're not just looking to bail all of a sudden. But if you could find someone who's a little reluctant because of those injuries, that'd be another kind of buy low target. I might. Uh, I might have identified there. So, all right, fellas. Uh, our other, my next question is where does Daryl Henderson finish the year in the running back rankings? That's a tough one. Dude, he looked unbelievable. That offense looks outstanding. Um, I think he's done enough to lock down that job. And I think he's just going to keep climbing. Yeah, the tough part, though, is that the snap counts for him and Malcolm Brown were the same. It just happened to be that when Malcolm Brown wasn't on the field was when they were getting the ball to running back. So how much of that is them trying to feed Daryl Henderson over Malcolm Brown and how much of that is just what happened to be the right call when Daryl Henderson was on the field? Um, then you factor in that Cam Akers is going to be back. Wasn't too much of a factor early on, but maybe it just took him some time to get warmed up. I'm still honestly just kind of scared of that whole backfield. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think he's pretty comfortably a top 20 guy to end the year, but you make solid points. The other thing is I'm comforted by what, by what he's done so far to where I think he can kind of take it and run with it. Um, any Daryl Henderson takes for you, Guy? Yeah, I mean, based on the way that he's performed so far and the way that uh, Sean McVay has trusted him, I don't know if I would say comfortably top 20. That seems like a stretch to me, but, like, right at the he's edge of that 20 right, there, right now. No, I know, but I think, like, right at the edge of that, ni- that yeah. nineteen twenty range uh, for me is probably where I'd have him. I think that, I mean, this, obviously this matchup coming up this week is, like, super juicy against the Giants because this – factors right into his you know his play yes. script yes um you said that malcolm brown and him they share the same number of carries but henderson has run 17 routes to brown's 10 so there's that to add to his volume um and i think that it just shows that sean McVay in general has more trust in him so uh i mean 
you know, we'll see after this week. I think this week is kind of a gimme for him. If he doesn't perform this week, that would be super concerning. But after this week going forward um, with some of the matchups they have, and like you said, the Cam Akers coming back, um, I kind of have to see how Sean McVay treats that. But I think that the way he's shown trust in him this far bodes well for him moving forward. And I think Cam Akers at this point, I don't think they're going to try to, you know, uh, no pun intended, but rush him into the game there. Um, because he's their long-term prospect. So I think Daryl Henderson for this season has a pretty decent outlook, but I wouldn't go higher than 20, even though he's number 19 right now. I don't know if I could go higher than that. You know, and the other thing with Daryl Henderson, when you look at the running backs right behind him in fantasy points so far this season, Rex Burkhead, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, David Montgomery, Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake, you know, I guess Miles Sanders is down there too. Those are two guys who I could see passing him. But most of those other names, I don't think get enough more touches to move in front of him. Um, And so even if I don't necessarily trust it right now, I definitely could see him finishing as a top 20 running back. I like it. Um, And I appreciate you guys embracing this exercise. Final buy or sell. Russell Wilson and <laughs> Josh Allen as the number one and number two quarterbacks in all of fantasy to close out the year. Russell Wilson has had big years and or big games in past years, and then he's found a way to disappear as well. So uh, I'm still a little wary of that because I think that our sample size for that is large enough to at least warrant some concern. But the way he's playing right now is pretty insane and he did go to management and tell them that he was going to leave the team if they didn't unleash him. So, you know, there's those two combating storylines in my head and he's got at least enough of a lead right now that he's not going to fall much further behind. But I mean, Pat Mahomes is starting to come on. We haven't seen the true Lamar Jackson yet. Josh Allen, uh, I'm impressed by what he's done, but I don't think we have a large enough sample size to stay um, you know, impressed or like stay like, you know, really on top of the world with that, uh, you know, Jets, Dolphins, and then who was it? Uh, the, or the, sorry, the Rams. Rams, Rams yeah, who so dominated those are some early. Pretty, yeah, those are some pretty easy matchups. The Rams, maybe not as much, but come on, man, Jets and Dolphins, like those are. <laughs> well, you got to like that not, schedule because he's going to get to face the Jets and Dolphins another time each. I know, but he hasn't actually faced adversity at this point because they went up so early on the Rams. He had to make that one comeback, comeback, yeah, at the end. But at the same time, it's not like a from-the-start sort of thing, and he hasn't really faced like that good of a pass rush yet. So, oh, man, that one I have a little bit more of a hard time with. I would say Russell Wilson I'm more confident in. It sounds like you're selling both. You're selling Russ I, to finish number okay, one as, and J.A. to finish as number two. Nothing wrong with those takes, by the way. I'm, I'm just clarifying for the sake of this buy or sell exercise <laughs> and trying to break down your analysis and say, are you buying or are you selling? Yeah, it's, are, you, are you talking about right. on the season as a whole, including the games that have already been played or moving forward, the games that are coming up? With the games that like, have already been played, can they keep up this pace <laughs> to maintain their status as one and two? I would say Russell Wilson, yes. Josh Allen, no. Okay. Um, guy brought up the Josh Allen hasn't faced adversity. 
Well, one of the big reasons for that is that he hasn't created adversity for himself, which is what he did every single time he was on the field leading up Have to this. The Jets point. created Packers. diversity for anyone but themselves. He's been in the past, the mistakes have just eaten him up, but so far only one interception. I will say though, not only are those two one and two in terms of fantasy points, they're also one and two in terms of touchdowns. Russell yep. Wilson with 14, Josh Allen with 10, nobody else in 14. double digits. I don't think that the 14 touchdowns is sustainable, but the fact that he already put that many up through three weeks gives him a pretty significant advantage. You know, I, I do think that Patrick Mahomes by the end of the year is going to be in that top two though. Yeah. Um, right now he's seven points behind uh, Josh Allen. He's 16, 15 actually behind uh, Russell Wilson. I think he gets up into that top two. And I think that even though Lamar Jackson has a 40 point gap that he needs to make up to get all the way up into that top tier, I wouldn't be surprised if he is right in that conversation by the end of the year either. Um, After what we watched last season, man. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you look through um, just these touchdown numbers still. The number three fantasy quarterback is Patrick Mahomes with nine. But then you have Dak Prescott with five sitting at number four. I think that you're in the same way you're going to see some regression uh, from Russell Wilson. You're going to see some positive regression from Dak Prescott because he should be throwing more touchdowns, even though he does have Zeke he's got to be putting up more than that current rate. Same thing with Kyler Murray sitting at number five fantasy quarterbacks with four. Um, I four think interceptions, five Mahomes, picks. I think Patrick Mahomes gets into that top two. I think Russell Wilson stays in the top two. Um, I could be wrong. It could be Kyler Murray up there. It could be Lamar Jackson. But I do think that uh, Josh Allen doesn't stay in the top two. I think the way Russ is playing with the deep – threats he has in that offense and as guy pointed out the fact that they've unleashed him they're not like running it 30 times a game and really being a ground and pound offense they're letting russ do his thing and they've got two absolutely dynamic deep threats i think russ will keep this up i think uh josh allen's gonna fall fall off and between mahomes prescott yeah. kyler um and lamar for sure lamar has 182 rush yards five touchdowns no interceptions but he has zero rushing touchdowns which is really what's helping kyler who has four rushing touchdowns or dak prescott who has three rushing touchdowns be in the top five i think josh allen will be supplanting though i we've said it already on this show i think he's legitimized his status as a top 10 quarterback just not top two in fantasy at yeah this and you you brought up interceptions for Josh Allen, but you neglected to mention that he has three fumbles. Uh, two of those also came against the Jets, and his least impressive game was against the Jets. So, if anything, that to me is the most concerning part, that he couldn't really just blow the Jets out of the water and that, you know, he had two fumbles against them and he only had two touchdowns. So, I think, I mean, we'll see. They, they play against Kansas City and Tennessee and the Raiders in their next three. Um, the Raiders, I don't know, you know, their defense isn't anything special. Tennessee has proven they can. The Raiders he'll feast on. The Titans won't have any time to prep for this game. <laughs> well, they'll have a lot of time to prep for because they don't have I to mean, play this upcoming week. They're, having, they're coming off a bye zo- week. Over, over Zoom. Zoom. <laughs> you know, sure. I'd rather have the practice squad QB out there. But, no, you're right. Then Kansas City, then Kansas it gets City. tough. Jets, New England, Seattle. Seattle will be an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, he's a uh, no, no. Jo- I mean, Josh Allen's got my attention. I'm just not ready to crown him. Um, 
like Henry Joe is, Kyle you know. Wesley? Yeah. <laughs> Me, the crown Josh Allen guy. Crown Josh Allen guy. Okay, um, start sits one guy. One more thought, though. Oh, Just yeah, because uh, you think that Russell Wilson's sustainable, these numbers are absurd. I mean, uh, he's on yeah. pace to put up 75 touchdowns passing this season. Yeah, but he's not um, a rookie. He's a sicko, man. The way he's playing is sickening yeah. right now. Completing 77% of his passes, only Insane. one player in the NFL has thrown multiple passes and has a better completion percent. And that's actually Phillip Rivers, which surprised me. I want to throw that out there too. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, right now he's throwing, what is it? Oh, I just sorry. want to say though that like Russell Wilson, this is an eight-year career. This is he's won a Super Bowl. He's played another that he just barely lost. Um, he's never received a single MVP vote through that whole career, which is absolutely ludicrous. But this isn't like a flash in the pan for Russell Wilson. Man, he's had years in the past where like he should have at least been considered for the MVP. Yeah. So I trust in that a lot more. I know you're saying they're wild stats. And you don't know if they're sustainable. This is a different guy, man. This isn't a year two player like if kyler murray was doing this and i'm all aboard the kyler murray hype train if kyler murray was doing it, i'd be like well you know yeah. it is his second no. year so i'm impressed but like you know let's you know tap the brakes just a tiny bit but it's russell wilson man There's he's throwing a touchdown no on 13 percent of his pass attempts yeah like he's not going to put up 4.6 touchdowns per game over the course of a season it's just not going to happen he's not going to beat the passing touchdown record by 20 touchdowns well, say you had 400 pass attempts, 13% would be 54. So that would be, I mean, mm -hmm. historic season, but not unheard of. Right? Yeah. But so far, he's put up 4.6 touchdowns wild, per man. game. That's, That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm all in on, on the rest. Oh. Uh, okay. Start sits, guys. And this is where we do our extended start sits, not our more uh, condensed start sits that mm -hmm. we do every Sunday morning on the tailgate. Tune in live and join us. Man, it's an interesting week. Um, I will be buying a decent amount of stock in teams playing in this Bengals-Jaguars matchup. Seems like a nice matchup for fantasy players. So I really like Joe Burrow who has been performing as a top 10 uh, quarterback in fantasy thus far this year. I really like him as a start. And I've already said I'm all aboard the James Robinson train. This is kind of the last time you can buy low. He's uh, my top start at the running back position this week. So that's how I started off with the garbage bull that is Jacksonville against Cincinnati. I like it. I really like that. James Robinson is for real. Um, I'm, I'm going to stick with Mike Davis. I think, I think that before we move on to anybody else, this man deserves to, uh, be talked about. Um, what do you, where do you even start? I mean, 13 carries, 46 yards, eight catches, 45 yards and a touchdown, eight catches on nine targets. I should say, I mean, he is replacing Christian McCaffrey as well as you could have hoped that he would be able to replace Christian McCaffrey. Um, he's still not going to be like an elite running back. I don't think in terms mm -hmm. of fantasy, but he put up the big numbers last week. W what is that worth? Uh, 4.6 plus eight, 12. Uh, so 60, 17, 23 points last week. That is somebody who should be in your starting lineup until Christian McCaffrey comes back. 
Oh, fair enough. Sounds right to me. This is an interesting match week for running backs, especially. Um, Guy, what you looking at? Uh, um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Daryl Henderson going up against the uh, Giants this week. This game script is going to feature right up his alley. They've seen everything that he can do. And, um, and this should just be a lock right here, especially if you're one of the guys that had a Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, you know, it, or James Conner, even uh, Derek Henry, from some other guys, Derek Henry, there you go, mm-hmm. that aren't able to play this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daryl Henderson should be an easy lock for this week. And this is a guy that you should have been able to get off the waiver wire at some point. Um, so if you're kind of wondering to yourself, hmm, do I get cute and play this guy? This isn't getting cute. This is just being smart. As I get the Giants who get the score up on run up on them constantly. And this game script is going to work right into his alley both with receptions and with just garbage time, just running the clock out. Yeah. And, and just to add on to that, you know, I talked about how the snaps were split totally evenly for those two. It is mm-hmm. worth noting um, week one, Malcolm Brown, 60% to Daryl Henderson, seven week two, 54% to 42% week three, 49 to 49. Like there is a pretty clear trend that yeah. this is swinging in one direction. I think the production last week should swing it even further in that direction. Um, so, yeah, I, I do like Daryl Henderson this week. Speaking of trends, back to your Mike um, Davis take, that that Arizona defense is trending in a direction, and it's more and more friendly to opposing running backs as the season moves forward. So that's another trend you're mining. Interesting week, though, for running backs, as I said, that it's – Obviously, you're starting Alvin Kamara, the top-performing fantasy player in all of fantasy football, the only guy that sits above um, Russell Wilson. Beautiful matchup for him and the Saints against the Detroit Lions, who are giving up 3.6 more points um, than your average uh, fantasy defense. It's a big week for Dalvin Cook as well, who should be able to feast on the Texans after he was kind of on, on the brink of panic for Dalvin Cook owners last week. He comes through, and I think you can double down again. But as Guy was saying, it's also a big week for the under-the-radar names, and we basically said them all, James Robinson, Daryl Henderson. Another guy I would add to that list, though, is Miles Gaskin. We said, add Gaskin oh, to the oh, waiver wire. Exactly. Join me on the train, dude. I said, add Gaskin to, the, to your team through the waiver wire last week, but don't start him. Now's the week where you start him because that Seahawks defense – with all the excitement for Russell Wilson and that offense, the defense has been low-key garbage, especially the front seven where they can't create pass rush and they're not stopping the run at all. They are giving up, you know, they're a, a bottom seven defense against fantasy running backs. So really like that for Miles Gaskin. So there you go. Those are a ton of under-the-radar running backs to, to pick up on. Um, I'll throw one more in there. Uh, specifically in non-PPR leagues because this man has only caught one pass for five yards. I'm willing to say that Frank Gore is worth a start <laughs> if you're really looking for a running back. If Dear. you're really looking for a running back. Um. I know is it sounds terrible, but 36 carries over the past two games, that's 18 carries per game. Total of only 120 yards. No touchdowns, but in this game, 
with the Broncos being the Broncos, first of all, but also like losing Jarrell Casey in the middle of that defense who was playing very well. I think that at the very least, you are going to get another 18 to 20 touches from Frank Gore. And who knows, it might be touchdown dependent, but if you're looking for somebody to start in non-PPR leagues, that's not as bad of an option as I really, really wish it was. I'll just say this about running backs going against the Broncos because I'm, I'm the loser leader in the clubhouse here of who's, had, who's been forced to watch the most Broncos plays mm-hmm. this year. Um, here's, the Broncos' run defense has been outstanding until basically the very last play of the game. Uh, that's when Derrick Henry went over the century mark to cover that the number of the game. That's where James Conner, final drive for the Steelers, gets that 60-yard run, and he goes over 100, but they'd held him to under 40 up to that point. And even last week, the, the Bucks, who didn't run for much at all, got the majority of their rushing yards, uh, almost 40 rushing yards of the 68 they had the entire game on that final drive. So you need the Broncos to be down, and you need Frank Gore to like feast and get like 30 yards on that final drive. That's the recipe here. <laughs> I, I hope that you picked up one of these guys off your waiver wire so you're not forced to start Frank Gore. I really hope. Really um, hope. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's the we, – we, I like that we jumped into the running backs to kind of cover that early on. Um, I would say that's kind of the main focus points. You know, David Montgomery with no – Alvin Kamara, or I'm sorry, Terry Cohen out there is going to get a larger share of the carries. The the Colts have been the best fantasy defense in all of fantasy football. Um, And I don't like Montgomery and how he's looked thus far. So I don't know. I'd be reluctant. And then, Guy, you might as well remind people it's, uh, it's do or die time for your boy Kenyon Drake. We're really counting on him this week. Yeah, we are counting on him. I wouldn't say it's do or die because he's not in any danger of losing his job. That would be the die part of it is that he loses his job if he doesn't do it, correct? But he's getting so much volume. He just hasn't found the end zone necessarily. He hasn't had any like real big plays, but he's getting the volume and he has the trust. It's just that the game scripts have gone wonky and have – I mean, I guess last week he should have been featured a little more. Against the Panthers, if he doesn't have a good game, I'm panicking, man. I'm panicking as a Kenyon Drake owner in multiple leagues. I think, personally, I think this is their chance to buy him low before this game because this is when he starts to step up. I agree. It it should be like Dalvin Cook last week. Yes, 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 yes. I'm with you. I'm just saying. I'm reminding. It's like it's time to show up. I need some production, Kenyon Drake. I need it. So where's the production? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. says, damn right. Okay, I have an out of the out of the woodwork start for you guys. One of those. One of those dudes who you need to like guess right the four weeks where he's gonna be a must start. Come and on, this is one it. of those Don't four do weeks. It. Don't Will do Fuller. it. You better um, start Will Fuller this week. Woo. Okay, good. I got yeah. a guy that's what? just like that uh, in Ryan Fitzmagic. He's ooh, here, baby. Ooh, ooh, He's ooh. here. After that game against the Jags, when everybody counted the Dolphins out, I remember you and RK were talking on bets about how that was easy money putting on the Jags. Yeah. And they just showed up and pounded the Jags. 
By the way, you liked all the Jaguars players in our fantasy show that same week. So, you know. I, but I also said that Just the Dolphins were frisky. You. I the said Dolphins that it was going to be a high-scoring game. <laughs> anyway, Ryan Fitzpatrick going up against the Seahawks, who you mentioned how bad they were against the run. They're similarly bad against the pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can be lit up by just about anyone at this point. And mm-hmm. with the way that Russell Wilson is scoring that we've mentioned as well, I think that game is probably going to be the most high-scoring game of the week. Um, according to Vegas, it's number three, but I can see it. I would easily take the over on that one. Um, yeah, and I think that this is one of those games that might be like, you know, a quote-unquote trap game with the Seahawks maybe playing down to the Dolphins and the Dolphins really just showing up, especially since this is in Miami. So you feel a little more comfortable at home. You're not going to have the crowd noise necessarily, but I still think that the Dolphins make this very interesting, at least in fantasy and there's going to be, if nothing else, a lot of garbage time points to go around there as well. Right. You're counting on the garbage time points. Yeah. And Fitzpatrick is a guy that, you know, if you've been like, say, you know, like me, I have Carson Wentz in the league and Carson Wentz has just absolutely let me down. Mm-hmm. I'm turning to Fitzpatrick at this point. And I think that, you know, if you need an option, he's a good guy to, to pick up because he's, there's a chance that he's available in your league. He's actually the 14th highest performing uh, fantasy quarterback in fantasy football. He's just a point off Lamar Jackson and Ryan Tannehill. And he's actually in front of guys like Gardner Minshew, Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees, Matthew Stafford. <laughs> so that's with his garbage start so far, not to mention Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, and other quarterbacks that people have drafted. So, um, Okay, I'm fine. That game, dude. I'm very excited about that game. I think we're all in. You know, we mentioned David Johnson. We mentioned Deshaun Watson. Will Fuller just kind of fits that mold. Feels like a day where Will Fuller goes off and kills it. Henry, who you got? I've got Alan Lazard. Mm. I'm, I'm ready to buy in. You know, I, I'm pretty sure. I can't yeah. remember if this made my official picks, but I took Marquez Valdez-Gantling last week, whether I said that on the show or not. <laughs> This did, Packers offense is for real. Devontae Adams might be back in week four. He might not be. I don't think it really matters for Lazard, uh, who went off last week. Uh, I'm pretty sure what, he was 26 points last week in PPR, had a week with 17 week one. That's two out of three where you are very happy. Um, if Devontae Adams comes back, maybe it changes things a little bit. Honestly, I think that changes things for Marquez all the scantling more than anybody i'd say if Devonte adams doesn't go mbs is worth a, a consideration as well um but again just running through these snap counts lazard's been out there consistently he has been the number two mbs has been the number three who's kind of promoted to that number two role with adams out um and this offense is clicking and this really is a three receiver offense they aren't putting anybody else out on the field except for their three guys there is more than enough production to, to think that this will be sustained. Alan Lazard is definitely worthy of a start, especially going up against the Falcons who've given up the 30th most points of any, uh, or, uh, or no, the 30th fewest. They've been the 30th best uh, against receivers so far this season. So go with Lazard. If Adams doesn't play, then throw MBS in there too. This is a very like streamlined week. This is a very like, there are, five to six offenses that I'm kind of all in on this week. We've already mentioned some and I'm with you on the Packers. I've got an under the radar guy for the Packers that I might be interested to start at a position 
that guy has talked about a lot that struggled. So maybe you need an under the radar guy to stream this week. But before I tell you who on the Packers offense you need to stream, <laughs> I want to remind you that you need to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DMVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. This week, you can pick any team during week four, bet $1 on them to win, and you win 100 if they get the W. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code DMVR during sign-up. We've already talked about the Seahawks against the Dolphins. We've talked about the Rams against the Giants. Wink, wink. You can bet a dollar on one of those teams to win and win a hundred. A hundo, peeps. A hundo. You can go full Will Fuller on them. Um, so there you go. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Profit uh, boost terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I did my spoiler perfectly until I gave such a good hint that guy just guessed Jay Sternberger was my dude. Um, Yeah, he hasn't done anything thus far, but this might be the week where he finally shows up. I mean, the dude's got the talent. When I watch the Packers and I see him catch stuff, like he looks the part to me. He just hasn't really got the touches in that offense at this point. He's a low-key buy low for me um, this week, you know, and I've got a, a few other tight ends because, again, you're going to have to adjust. No Jonu Smith, who was kind of our, our boo coming into this week. So you've got you to look at other options at tight end, and Jay Sternberger is one of the first that I'm going to look at. Should be not owned in basically every league you're in. Yeah, I'd consider Rob Tanyan too. You know, he's been the tight end who's actually caught some passes this year. Um, um, what a hater. But, I mean, eight and a half points in week two, 11 in week three, both just because of the uh, touchdowns. But I don't know. I like where you're going. I like where you're going. And I do think that it's kind of a toss-up between these two because it should be Sternberger. He just hasn't done it yet. Yeah. I guess last week he did. Last week he did. He caught three balls, first three catches of the season. I and nothing to write home about, as my grandpa would say. Um, I, since we, we do need to kind of speed her up, I would also consider TJ Hawkinson this week and Noah Fant. You know, obviously, if you're a Noah Fant owner, but maybe you're like me. You've got him in some leagues where you've, you've got Higby as well or some other Evan Ingram, you know. And so definitely lean Fant and start him today. Um, let's finish up some of these starts because we got to get into these sits. Who else you got, fellas? Keenan Allen for me. I mean, and, um, we'll go into this a little bit more in depth when we talk about the trade that was offered to you. Yeah. But I think Keenan Allen, obviously you were a little concerned when uh, the season started and Tyrod Taylor looked like just a ghost out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that Justin Herbert has been starting games, he is just laser focused on Keenan Allen and he's gone up to 10 targets last or the previous week and then 19 targets last week. Yep, he's gone uh, off. Keenan Allen is just getting the ball so much, and there's nobody else on that team to challenge him because, I mean, uh, what's his name? Mike Williams is uh, is a good chance he's going to be out with a hamstring injury this week. Um, and then, I mean, you've got Austin Eckler after that, but he's not as much of a threat in the deep game. So, yep. yeah, man. I, I think Keenan Allen, uh, you know, if you're a little concerned to start the season, you should be super excited right now. And 
gods. I, I could go on and on about buy low candidates, but Keenan Allen is on that list as well. Yeah, and we should mention you. Know, he's going against the Bucks right this uh, this week. So that's a if you just look at the raw stats, the Buccaneers haven't been a great defense to start guys against. But just remember, they got destroyed by the Saints, <laughs> and then they got to play the Panthers without Christian McCaffrey and the Broncos. So those stats on the Bucks defense a bit deceiving. That's um, my point. Uh, two more offenses I'm buying in on. You talked about Fitz. Fitzpatrick, I'm a, I, I would also, and when I've talked about Gaskin, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, I think have some nice opportunities this week. I also really like Atlanta's passing offense. They've been putting up numbers, and Gage has kind of become a must start uh, while Julio's not a hundred percent. He had concussion last game, so we have to see. We got to see if he clears. He may or but may not be available. Yeah, if he's there, I don't. I, that offense is too good to just have one guy. Henry, well, if you don't have is so bad that you can't like they're never out of a game. They're oh. never like, you know, that comfortably in the lead. They've always got to do something. So totally. Henry, before we move on to the sits, do you have a final start for us or can we I will just pile on like you did with Devontae Parker um, and say he is going to turn it around. I'm confident in that. The the crazy thing with the numbers when you look at him are uh, that he's caught 14 of the 17 balls that have been thrown to him. He's been good when he's been given opportunities, and I think that those opportunities will come, especially this week against Seattle. It should be a high-scoring game, um, not a defense that I'm too scared of. And, uh, yeah, even though he put up, what, 11 points last week, had the touchdown week before it saved the week, I, I think that he's going to turn things around now. Beautiful. As far as sits go, if there's – if I'm, you know, I am not a full believer in the numbers – with the Buccaneers uh, defense, I am a believer in what the numbers say about the Chargers defense. Um, that's why I would absolutely sit Tom Brady. Again, I would kind of uh, shame you for having ever drafted him in the first place. And I would also, this is not the week to start Scotty Miller. And Mike Evans, we've expressed concerns in the past. Oof. I mean, let's face it. If you're a Mike Evans owner, you have to start him this week. But, boy, I wish you had better depth so that you wouldn't have to. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I'll throw uh, Sammy Watkins out there as a sit. Um, yeah. Going up against New England, secondary scares me. It all does kind of depend on what that game plan is defensively. Um, but I do think that – New England's going to be able to take something away or, or even two things away. I just think it starts with Kelsey, and I'm not sure what that means. Like, dude, I, I, if me personally, I would double Tyreek Hill. I'd take my second corner and leave a safety over the top, and I'd put mm -hmm. uh, Gilmore on Watkins and just shut him down. Mm -hmm. the, the potential for them to go different ways here makes me think that you uh, do not want Sammy Watkins if you have a, a decent option behind him because that is still a very good offense, of course. Guy, what you got? T.Y. Hilton, which, I mean, if you if you drafted T.Y. Hilton, you're already kind of disappointed in this, but um, this is just furthering that. Uh, he's going up against Kyle Fuller and Jalen Johnson, um, who have only allowed a passer rating when targeted of 41.3 and 73.8, respectively. Um, that puts them in the top 20. Uh, so this is already... A difficult matchup combined with the fact that T.Y. Hilton really 
has been non-existent this season. He hasn't really like he's trying to get that connection going with uh, Philip Rivers, but it just look, hasn't looked like it's worked. Um, <laughs> I, I think at this point, if you have him on your team, you kind of don't have many better plays. But yeah. uh, I really do not recommend starting him this week. Yeah, it was a guy who I just hated the fit with Rivers, and it's kind of proven out to be the case. I don't like yeah. scary, scary Terry in this matchup against the Ravens. I think uh, it is going to be a game where the Washington football team is going to have to air it out all game, and scary Terry is always good for like one thirty-yard bomb. Which, if he gets that in the end zone, he could make me look like a fool, and that's why he's the fifteenth best wide receiver in all of fantasy, but against the Baltimore Ravens, I do not like this matchup at all. Uh, if you have Who alternatives. He, Dwayne Haskins have to throw to, though? Sims. I mean, Antonio Gandy-Golden, he's got those running backs. But, yeah, not not much. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he thinks he's throwing to Scary Terry, he's actually going to be throwing it to Marlon Humphrey about right. half the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, if – if you're the Ravens defense, isn't that the one thing you're concerned of is, okay, we're going to double scary Terry and the rest is, uh, the rest is history. Um, I'm also benching Sony Michelle against the chiefs, not a matchup where the Patriots will be able to run the ball um, much and they have better options as receiving backs. So yeah, Sony Michelle, don't get too excited off the one week where he went over a hundred yards and got some touchdowns for you. He's yeah. a he's a definite sit this week once again for me. What else, guys? Sits. Um, let's see who else do I have for these running backs. Um, not a huge fan of like the typical guys: Leonard Fournette, um, Adrian Peterson. You know, just kind of that whole crew. Um. I'll throw Devonta Freeman in there too. I mean, I'm just not sure where this line is with running backs because it's tough for me to say some of those low-end guys you can't start because this year you need to start guys who it doesn't seem like they have good matchups. I will say, stay away from Devonta Freeman. It seems like he should be the focal point of that offense because they have literally nothing else. Going up against the Rams, though, that they're not going to do anything. Um, not my hottest take by any means. Yeah. Uh, I would bench the Ravens running backs. No clarity on that backfield. Uh, don't yeah. love the matchup against Washington football team, you know. Sticking um, with that matchup, I would put Antonio Gibson in there as well. He just hasn't really lived up to that hype yet. This is a uh, this is a rough matchup for them. If they start to get blown out early, he's not – he hasn't been figuring into the passing game enough um, to stay relevant. Um, and I think he's going to get game scripted out. Um, so I see that as a tough matchup for him. I think sunny days are in the future for him, but this is uh, this is a rough one for them. Yep. Uh, Todd Gurley, another rough matchup. Uh, Who's he playing against? Remind the listeners. Packers. Yeah, Packers. I think uh, Packers have given up some yards on D. They have. That, that but I I good. still just don't understand why that defense hasn't been better for the Packers. Um, but I do think that Todd Gurley, who was solid last week against Chicago, I, I'm just, I'm honestly more than anything, I'm just not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it with Todd Gurley. Mm. Yeah, it might be a tough one to sit unless you were really good on the waiver wires. Yeah. I did say Justin Jefferson was my top waiver wire uh, pickup into the week. I do not like the Minnesota 
receiving core going into this one, though. Just not a favorable matchup for them. Uh, Fantasy-wise, this has proven to not be a good matchup for wide receivers. And, uh, yeah, so I'm a little worried. Also, Kirk Cousins playing like absolute garbage. I do wonder if, you know, the locker room's going to start to kind of fall apart there uh, for Minnesota. So, yeah, it's a counter-tendency pick here for... Uh, another one that I've seen a lot of people now that uh, Henry Ruggs um, is banged up as is Brian Edwards. Um, there's, you know, some people thinking that Ooh, Hunter Renfro might be a good play this week mm-hmm. going up against the bills. I don't like it at all. I think, you know, that, that pass defense, obviously they went up against the Rams. And they didn't look as good, but I think that they're just going to trash the Raiders in this one. Um, and I, I mean, Darren Waller is, he figures to go off for a big game because um, the Bills are susceptible to tight ends. Um, but, you know, covering guys like Hunter Renfro, small slot guys, it's going to be – that's going to be easy going for them. Um, and I think they're just going to whoop up on the Raiders this week. So, Hunter Renfro, if you try to get cute, thinking that, you know, he's going to see a lot of volume, uh, I don't really like the outlook for him in this game. Yeah, and Henry, you were kind of making a face as I said the Vikings because you're right. The Texans, you wouldn't think of a defense mm-hmm. you'd want to stay away from. But despite them playing the Ravens, Chiefs, and Steelers, they're the eighth-best defense against fantasy wide receivers. Um, On average, uh, fantasy wide receivers underperforming by 6.8 points um, against them per game. So that's that's why. I I do think I agree with you. It's just that typically, like, there's something you can point to and say, this is why. You point to the numbers that they've given up to receivers, and it's like, oh, you know, I kind of see it. I still think that you should be able to do something against this defense. And then you could also look at Justin Jefferson though, and be like, okay, he had one good game. Maybe he isn't totally here yet and ready to go. And I think the combination of those two factors does scare me away. The front seven of the Texans as well, putting pressure on Kirk cousins in that line. Um, Kirk cousins is, he's not looking good this season. Like he's throwing at a 71.4% catchable target rate to his wide receivers, which is like, that's bad. And uh, when he's under pressure, uh, he's going to make some bad decisions to go along with that. So the Texans bringing pressure, I think, I mean, cross your fingers and hope that Bill Bryan is smart enough to uh, recognize that. And um, with the talent he has on that defensive line, um, they're going to put a lot of pressure on him. So, All right, we've got questions. So I'm going to jump right in. You guys, uh, you'll have to find a way to bake in any final uh, start sit takes you have like, I like the Cowboys wide receivers this week. And I never got around to that, but (laughs) enough of that. Jay Trav uh, on our podcast post as a subscriber to thednvr.com asked us this question. He says, hello, guys. Just wanted to start by saying thank you for all that you do over at DNVR. By far the best sports coverage of any company out there. Your content has helped me get through many long nights of reading for law school and studying for the bar. So we appreciate it, my man. That said, what are your thoughts on this trade? Gurley, Lazard, I already have Adams in parentheses, he says, and a 12th round pick for Mixon, Judy, and a third round pick. Thanks again. So Gurley and Lazard, plus a, a late pick for Mixon, Judy, and a high pick. So obviously this is a a keeper or dynasty mm-hmm. of sorts. Um, hmm. you know, I know I was talking up Lazard. But to get Mixon and Judy back, 
and move up that pick, especially with how pick. low I am on, on Gurley. I think, I think I would make the deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I already said that I'm a buy low. I'm big on buy low on Joe Mixon right now. So for me, yeah. that's a that's a take too. Because like, well, you only right. have to give up a 12th round pick and me a break. That's nothing. And in a league where you're able to keep players, I would much rather Mixon over Gurley because of durability and age. Mm-hmm. I would rather Judy over Lazard just because mm-hmm. of pedigree and opportunities. And I'd rather the the higher pick. So definitely go with the Mixon Judy uh, higher pick. And Joe Mixon, that the, that offense is like with Joe Burrow. That's a burgeoning offense that you're gonna want to share of yep. in future years. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see what happens with Todd Gurley. His career might be potentially winding down if he picks up more injuries. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. If you're dynasty keeper sort of thing, yeah. That's, you know, he doesn't really have a lot of future value. Yeah, whereas Joe Mixon has a lot more future value. And like you said, Jerry Judy and a higher pick. Yeah, that's easy for me. It it will – I'll finish this by saying it will probably hurt your chances at winning this year. Uh, I think Joe Mixon has a bounce back. Do you? I, yeah. I've already talked about this ad nauseum. He's still getting a lot of volume, and that's an up-and-coming offense, man. I think that he's going to see more opportunities to actually get into the end zone these upcoming weeks. So I think he'll salvage some things in this upcoming – in these just, several upcoming weeks. It's just, you know, if you're asking if he's going to finish at the end of the year on the whole, you know, he had enough bad early weeks that he doesn't – he's not going to make up for those total volume stats. But, like, on but a per-game basis, agree. his totals are going to go up. Lazard Gurley is in 2020 going to give you more production than Mix and Judy. Yes. Almost just, entirely because the Broncos exactly. situation is a right, train exactly. wreck. Right. Yeah. I mean, Hank wasn't making a hot take. He's merely stating the obvious. So if you are in win now mode, that's the one thing that might give you pause. Yeah. But you're, you're right on the, on the, I mean, yeah, we, we've gone over it all. Bangkok Bronco. Hi gents. Great call on Daryl Henderson pickup last week. Still lost my matchup, unfortunately, thanks to starting Minshew over Goff, which is on me. This week, I'm definitely <laughs> starting Nick Chubb and Stefan Diggs. Then I need another back, another receiver, and a flex from the options of Daryl Henderson. We already know Daryl Henderson, yeah. Devin Singletary, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, who I managed to pick up minutes ago after hearing the last pod, Let's go. T.Y. Hilton, Randall Cobb. What are your thoughts? Thanks, guys. Bangkok Bronco, out. Okay. We already covered some of those in our start sits there, so Daryl Henderson is an easy start. I think all of us agree on that. Definitely. I think Cup has to be your wide receiver. Yep. And then it gets tricky with the flex, and you're picking between Singletary, Justin Jefferson, T.Y. Hilton, Randall Cobb. We already said that, yeah, that – What's his name? We don't Justin love Jefferson. Jefferson. And we T. don't T. love Hill. We're out on those. And right. I think that Devin Singletary, I covered this on Tuesday, but I think he was unlucky to not see the end zone in the last game because he was stopped short on one, and then another one was called back on a holding, I think. Um, and he was having a really good game going up into that. And then, like I mentioned with the, uh, with the sits, when I talked about Hunter Renfro, I think that the game script is really going to favor Devin Singletary in this one a lot. So I think that Devin Singletary would be a smart play here. Yeah, I mean, it's between Singletary and Randall Cobb. I think that's a yep. money right there. Um, yeah, and against the Raiders, that's a great matchup, man. That's, that's not a bad threesome for your questions. I think it's that's not. a pretty clear um, 
yeah, Cup, Henderson, and Devin Singletary. You could do a lot worse. All right, we threw it out there, asked for some questions, and our people came up big as they always do. So we're going to rattle these off. Some we're going to have to be quicker on. Some will have to be slower on. Uh, starting with the big Tabowski, Visca or Higgins as his wide receiver tr- three. This is only if Michael Thomas is held out. And they're going against each other. LaVisca Chanel against T. Higgins, wide receiver. Well, it also depends on the DJ Chark injury, really. Because Visca is kind of wide receiver two if DJ Chark is out, while T. Higgins remains wide. Re- well, and A.J. Green <laughs> comes into play on this one, too. So any thoughts? I feel like uh, you're locked in on this one, uh, Guy. Visca or Higgins this week? I would go Higgins on this one, man. I, LaVisca, I have to see a little more before I can start believing in him. But I think T. Higgins, with the connection that he has with Joe Burrow, I think that's something we're going to start to see a lot more of. A.J. Green just doesn't look like his old self. Tyler Boyd, I've been really happy with Tyler Boyd, but I think that um, this team is going to, you know, they always have a propensity to pass. So as much as I do think Mixon's going to turn things around, uh, I think there's a lot of stability in the passing game for them with the way that their defense is just, you know, not really performing. So uh, I like T. Higgins in this matchup. Guys all over this uh, passing offense for the Bengals. Henry, do I smell a bet here? Are you uh, you putting money on – you putting your honor on the line against uh, T. Higgins, or, or are you will you just shyly agree with Guy and we can move on to the next question? I'm going to be shy one way oh. or the other. Um, <laughs> I th- here's the thing. You, you better know, come correct, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> T. Higgins didn't play the first game. He uh, he caught three balls in the second, five balls in the third, mm-hmm, 75 mm-hmm. total yards. Both the mm-hmm. touchdowns came in the last game. I'm really not in love with either of those guys this week is where I'm going with this. I, I, I do lean Visca. Um, you know what? I'll take the bet. I'll take the bet. Beautiful. We needed a bet this week, so and I will put it down. Bet Henry. All right. While I write this down, I'm gonna get you started to talk about the next question, which is from Nasir, who asks Mark's uh for his flex spot, Mark Ingram, Joshua Kelly, T. Higgins, or Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey, if he plays. That's a rough one. Yeah, that's rough. Josh Kelly disappointed last week, but I still mm-hmm. think that uh, – I mean, I think he fumbled early, and they really were just holding him out because of, you know, a punishment sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Austin Eckler just went crazy. But um, I, I still do think that they want to work Josh Kelly back in, so he would be the guy that I would take in spite of having a bad week last week. But the other options are – Over T. Higgins, essentially. I think that's all it comes down to. Yep, yes, exactly. I, I do like T. Higgins, um, but I think that Josh Kelly, I think they're going to give him a good workload here. Yeah. Sounds good. And watch, of course, Mark Ingram's going to get like the garbage touchdown against the Washington football team. And beat He's him. been horrible, man. He's been bad, him, dude. Especially where you drafted him at, too. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins is way just waiting to take over that job. I know, and I'm waiting on J.K. Dobbins. He's straight up creeping. 
over um, Mark Ingram's shoulder. Spacebar, our guy, asks, Burkhead or Gore? Uh, You already mentioned Gore as a desperation. Now, Burkhead and the Patriots face the Chiefs. I kind of like that Burkhead could be that guy that gets like nine targets in the short passing game to just keep drives alive and is kind of like the better option in PPR. I'm going to say Burkhead. If for nothing else, he has higher upside than Gore and you're not locked into having like Frank Gore and like his stupid nine points by Thursday night. Yeah. I think with Burkhead though, I think you do have to be concerned about uh, James White coming back because he's been out um, after I think his, his father passed away and then his mom was in a coma. It was like some crazy horrific accident, but James White coming back, um, he's been on that team long enough and has enough of a rapport with Bill Belichick that he is going to get back into that running and pass catching game from the backfield. Um, I would cautiously agree that Rex Burkhead is a slightly better option. If for no other reason than I just don't like anything about the jets right now, but that's a, that's a tough call, but do keep your eye on James White moving forward. If you went out and got Rex Burkhead off of the waiver wire this week, yeah, the answer is really spacebar. We need you to attack this waiver wire. We need you to get James Robinson, Daryl Henderson, Gaskin. Um, we're gonna keep, you know, Mike da- Mike Daniels is the Davis. Carolina guy. Davis. We gotta just keep monitoring these running backs. We'll have more suggestions for you next week of guys as they blow up. For example, the next question we have from Drome Twenty Three is Jeff Wilson, who would be another kind of target to pick up, Maybe. or. DeAndre Swift. Oh, come on. That's Jeff Wilson easy for me. I want nothing to do with those Lions running backs. I watched DeAndre Swift drop that easy touchdown pass in the end zone that makes me not want to play him basically at all until I see some solid production from him. And, uh, yeah, Jeff Wilson gets the crack. Yeah, but I think Jeff Wilson's getting a crack to basically have that backfield because of all the other injuries. And we know that whatever running back on that offense is – basically healthy and the number one is going to produce at least they have a lot of opportunity to produce so i would trust jeff wilson a lot more in this matchup yep would yep. Agree and i guess they're playing that. the eagles right and the eagles mm-hmm. are they're a train wreck so yeah, not terrible on defense but yeah i mean you just have Still, to trust the game wilson is always with it with in hand it's close enough that he's going to have opportunities it's not like they're going to you know blow him out and then he's going to get game scripted out of the game he's going to have his opportunities what i'm saying Tough part for me, though, is Jeff Wilson has 14 carries for 18 yards. Yeah, I mean, he, he was like the fifth running back before the other four got injured. You know, I mean, he hasn't yeah, got his touches. Small sample recently. size, but my goodness, you can't get more than 18 yards on 14 carries in that offense. He scares me, but DeAndre Swift is just not playable right now. Yeah, he's really not. Um, next question, always from Drone23. He asked for his wide receiver two and flex uh, out of DJ Moore, T. Higgins, C.D. Lamb, Julio, and T.Y. Hilton. I have to go DJ Moore and C.D. here. I mean, obviously, we're going to monitor Julio, who hasn't been great regardless. But, yeah, um, DJ Moore and C.D. C.D. has to have a, a, a bounce back. And I think this is a nice matchup. Yeah, I agree with that. Also, I mean, DJ Moore has been disappointed to start the season, but he's been seeing a lot of usage. So 
I think this is a good spot for him to bounce back as well. Um, although you're concerned, obviously, if you have him. But Julio Jones, if he if he's healthy to go, you, you obviously play Julio Jones, right? Yeah. Yeah, you have to play Julio Jones. I will say, as I'm trying to think of running back options way down low for space bar, Jamichael Hasty of the 49ers and JJ Taylor of the Patriots would be really interesting, like under the radar guys who you should still be able to find in every league and could kind of be sneaky. Um, okay. Joseph asks, pick three out of three in PPR OBJ, Mike Davis, Devonte Parker, and Kenyon Drake. Uh, boy. And he'd say, I'd say Jeff Wilson. Especially. That's an easy oh, one for no. me. Yeah, go ahead. They're picking three or four. Can I just say the one that I don't want? And that's yep. OBJ. Wow, you'd go Devontae Parker over OBJ. Yeah. I think it has you have the, to, right? I think that it's either the second or the third highest implied point, point total uh, per Vegas this week. And like I said, I do think that's going to be a shootout. And I think Which Ryan Fitzmagic's going to show up. Uh, Seahawks and Dolphins. But then um, I think Kenyon Drake bounces back against a, a really bad uh, Carolina Panthers defense. And what was the other one? Uh, OBJ against the Cowboys. No, there was one more. Well, there's Kenyon Drake. We know. Uh, yeah, yep. and you like Devontae Parker and yeah. Mike Davis. Mike Davis. That was the other one, yeah. I think Mike Davis. The way they're using him is like it's conducive to a lot of points. He's not it, like as explosive as Christian McCaffrey, but he's getting a ton of opportunity. And he's actually doing something with it, so. It definitely just comes down to OBJ or Devontae Parker, but OBJ against the Cowboys trash defense. I don't know. It's tempting. Yeah. It's tempting. But, I mean, what did he do against Washington's trash defense or Cincinnati's trash defense? Exactly. Not all that much. And I think that's why you got to go Devontae Parker. I think Stefanski is really liking uh, Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I think we see a lot more of them than we see of basically any receiver. Uh, for the Browns in the upcoming weeks because, I don't know, Baker Mayfield is just – he's not very good at quarterback either. Mm -hmm. Okay. Joseph also asks, if you had to start these quarterbacks, Mayfield, Minshew, or Cousins over Matt Ryan this week, question mark? No. I I would consider Minshew, but no, I'm I'm sticking with uh, Matt Ryan all the way. Agreed. Okay, Nasir asks, uh, he just says he just got offered Jonathan Taylor, Hopkins, and Cup for Kamara and Devontae Adams. Jonathan Taylor, Hopkins, and Cup for Kamara and Adams. I mean, I like Hopkins better than Adams. Even when Adams comes back, I think Hopkins is the better fantasy producer. So that's a win right there. But Kamara is like so insanely the yeah. best player in the league right now that for me, I'm always considering like if you can consolidate and then pick up another guy off the waiver wire, I'd rather have that than getting a, you know, a larger number of players. Like I, I'm called over quantity. I think it's not an unfair trade. Like you need to come correct if you want the best player in fantasy and you're getting a little greedy by tacking on Adams and trying to buy low on him because he's been injured a week. But 
I get it. I mean, I think with Jonathan Taylor, Hopkins, and Cup, you've come correct at least. But yeah, it's not enough for me to say, hey, it's so good. I, I have to I have to refuse the I, I have to take it. You know, it's it's not it's not the godfather like make them an offer they can't refuse type of deal. Agreed. Um, and I think that this is also one of the situations where you 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 get to wait for Jonathan Taylor to prove it. You know, you you Yep. This isn't a good deal until Jonathan Taylor puts together back-to-back 100-yard games, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Oh, and to piggyback off that, Hopkins and Cup, they are who we thought they were. Neither is like, oh, man, I didn't see this coming from Cooper Cup. I better buy high on him now in week three before everyone else catches on, you know? It's like, no, Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup. DeAndre Hopkins is DeAndre Hopkins. They, they are who we thought they were. Um, Okay, so we will close out with my personal draft uh, or trade conundrum in my dynasty league that I've been at for like six years. Uh, The team's finally in a position to win, and I'm deciding, should I cash in my chips and give up Terry McLaurin, James Washington, two of my better young wide receivers, and my first-round pick? I am at the top of the standings with – uh, winning record um, for Aaron Jones, Keenan Allen, and Emmanuel Sanders. And remember, I have the wide receiver depth. I've got guys like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf to where I'm not desperate to start um, Keenan Allen right now. Aaron Jones is more enticing because while I do have Kenyon Drake, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, um, and Ezekiel Elliott in this league, you know, Kenyon Drake and those Tampa running backs have underwhelmed. I wouldn't mind adding a stud running back like Aaron Jones. I do think I'm giving up the best dynasty asset in Terry McLaurin, and I don't love the two wide receivers I'm getting, but I probably need to take. Yeah. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, you can you don't even say his name when, when you're talking about this trade. That's just filler. Yeah. Um, Aaron Jones, though, is just so good. He's already been so good this season. He's going to do it the rest of the season. And I'm going to stand by what I said when we talked about this earlier today, which is if, if you need to move Aaron Jones after the season and get something back, he's going to be a top five running back going into next year based mm-hmm. on having done this now for – I mean, I guess it's only a year and three games, but he's going to keep it up for the rest of the season. You've you also have his replacement, A.J. Dillon. Yeah, that's what yeah. makes me comfortable in this one. Yeah. And I also think that if you have a chance to win, you try to win. Like, you don't know what the future holds. Like, yes, Terry McLaurin is looking exciting for the future, all these different things. But at the same time, like, if you have a chance to win right now, you go all in and try to win right now because, you know, who knows what happens, a freak accident or, you know. Yeah. The one thing that scares me about Scary Terry um, is that I don't really see Dwayne Haskins improving necessarily. So they I would know. have to get a change in quarterback for him, me to be really, like, hyped on him. And then when you talk about a first-round pick, it's not just, you know, a first-round pick. It's where is it in the first round. Right. It's going to be in that 8 to 12 range. It's going to be late first, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the guys that were available at 8 to 12 in, like, rookie uh, – Rookie drafts for dynasties. Yeah, we're looking at like Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, Henry Ruggs. I mean, throw one of those names in there and see if that really changes your feelings necessarily instead of just saying first-round pick, which sounds flashy. Throw one of those names in there and see if that actually makes you feel better about it or not. 
for me, okay. it's a smash except because Aaron Jones is just having such a good season right now. I, I just take what I can get right now if I'm in a position to win and you try to go all in on it. And like you said, you have the, you have the backup to him. So if something happens where he leaves the Packers or he kind of falls off, you have his replacement. Right. So. Yep. Yeah. And, in this I, league, the final four first rounders this year were Cam Akers, Henry Ruggs, Justin Herbert, Jalen Rhaegar. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. I also think there's a good chance that Keenan Allen's value in dynasty leagues is higher after the season than it is right now, which is kind of crazy to say, considering like what? he's getting older, but he's only 28. And I think he's going to go out there and all of a sudden people, th- there's a decent chance at least that Justin Herbert turns out to be a good quarterback. And I didn't realize he was that young. Yeah, I know because it seems like no he's one realizes that. My, the person I'm weird got, injuries, man. Like he lacerated his spleen mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Like, no, the person I'm trading injuries. with had to remind me that he's 28 because I was giving him, <laughs> you know, I was giving him the business about how well I want Aaron Jones, but couldn't we just do Jones for Scary Terry straight up? Um, and then I don't have to pay the extra for Keenan Allen and Emmanuel Sanders, who I don't like, and I. I addressed like as old wide receiver. I tried receivers. to change your mind on Keenan Allen, man. No, you have. You have. And now he's gotten yeah. cold feet. So we will see. <laughs> oh, we got cold feet now? <laughs> oh, boy. All of a sudden, after feet. listening to us talk about it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so we'll see. If I have to finesse him a little bit and add something, I've got enough depth and youth on this squad to where I could, I could throw in. Just drop a, Emmanuel Sanders from it and just say Keenan Allen, Aaron Jones. Oh, yeah. Three I, things. See if you can do that because – Emmanuel Sanders isn't actually adding anything. I doubt You'd that's a deal dropping break. Him yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If I didn't have Terry Cohen injured in that league and put him in IR to clear up that roster space, I probably would just cut um, Emmanuel Sanders over guys like Cole Beasley and what have you. So, well, there you go, guys. That is all your questions. That's my final dra- uh, trade conundrum in my dynasty. Our favorite start sits are buy sells, and we even have one miser bet. We'll have to come up with some other good bets for the week because Visca against T. Higgins doesn't slap as much as it should. So we will see you Sunday morning and then again Tuesday live at a different time because now we have the draft and like Tuesdays was the worst time to do a live show for the draft because the schedule always changes, but that's okay. We still love it. Thank you guys all for tuning in. Um, This has been amazing. We are actually the fastest growing pod on our network, which is just incredible. We owe it all to you. So thank you so much. Thank you for DraftKings for supporting us and being our sponsor. They're the only reason we can do all this and we will catch you this weekend. And if not, then we'll be back in your pod feed on Tuesday. So thank you and best of luck this week with your matchups. Ciao a tutti.